This is the LarryandFishers.com podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. We're continuing our experiment of doing this both with sound and video. So I am honored to have once again, I think this man has been on my podcasts. The only person that's been on my podcast more often is Mayor Scott Fadness. <laughs> but uh, I've got uh, Richie Hall with me right now, the sports editor of the Hamilton County Reporter. Richie, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks, Larry, for having me. And if um, I'm with I'm up there with the mayor, then I guess I'm in pretty good company. <laughs> well, it's nice of you to say that. You know, I just want to say right up front, uh, and I and just for full disclosure, I've had a, a partnership with the Hamilton County Reporter for several years. Uh, it's the best bargain I think you can find. It costs you twelve dollars a year to subscribe. And uh, you get uh, every day, I think, except Monday, you'll get a newspaper in your inbox. It's all yes. uh, laid out like a newspaper, what's called PDF form. And if you choose, you can also have it, uh, the, the weekly version, mailed to you if you'd like to have that paper in your hand like some people do. So $12 a year is a good bargain. You get lots of good content and lots of good sports, high school sports, with Richie Hall. So, Richie, I want to start off uh, this podcast uh, we're recording this on April 7th of 2021. It was just a few days ago that Carmel won the Boys State Basketball Championship, which I know is always a thrill. Carmel's had so much success. You wonder if they get used to it. But actually, I would have to think, and I would like your view on this, it must be different this time since, you know, they were a contender a year ago and there was no boys basketball tournament a year ago. So that has to mean a little more to them now. I think it does. And I think when it comes to Carmel, you know, I think everybody is going to see used to their success, not just in all the sports, but also in basketball. You know, they they won their seventh consecutive sectional title. And you think, oh, well, it's getting, you know, it's getting kind of, you know, pretty routine for them. But one thing that our coach Ryan Osborne has been saying is that they've been, you know, enjoying every win, like even, you know, the first round of sectionals, semifinals, and then the sectional championship. And I think that, you know, that probably does have something to do with the fact that they, you know, couldn't continue on their season last year, but you know, he's really got them focused on one game at a time and enjoying each step of the process and understanding that, you know, even if you've won seven in a row, seven in a row, winning a sectional title is a big deal. And then of course, you know, they went through the regional, had to beat a very, very good Lafayette team in the final, and then went to overtime in the semi-state against Gary Westside. Then of course, they got overtime again against Lawrence North in the state championship. I mean, they definitely did not have anything easy during the state tournament. And, you know, the, Game against Lawrence North was you know very good game. I think the biggest lead was seven points for Carmel at one point. Then you know LN came back for overtime. Carmel was able to get a couple of big baskets in the overtime and were able to hold on from there. You know Josh Wack made seven of eight free throws. Um, you know Connor Jaga had some big shots. He won the mental attitude award, of course. So it was a uh, you know Carmel was able to just you know once again get focused and when when state when state again. You know, I, I uh, as somebody as a consumer just watching on TV at home, I had to choose: do I watch Carmel Lawrence North or do I watch Gonzaga UCLA? Now, I recorded Gonzaga UCLA, and I saw it later, and that was a terrific game. But I yes. have no buyer's remorse. I really loved watching that Lawrence North Carmel game. That was a great high school basketball game. Yeah, it was, and it's kind of weird because when I was covering it, like, you see that it's close. You know, I keep my little. Like, I'll show you right here. I keep my little notebook with all the running score play and everything. And, you know, I'm so focused on doing that when I'm covering, when I'm watching the game that, 
you know, you don't really appreciate just how good the game was until afterwards. And like, I think I can realize, you know, wow, it was close the whole way through. You know, Carmel makes an excellent, made some excellent plays. Florence North had some amazing plays to stay in the game. And, but, you know, when you're in the moment, you're just kind of focused on, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. So it wasn't until I think after after the game was finished and, of course, Karma won, I began to realize, you know, this was this is probably one of the better, you know, stage championship games we've had in recent memory. I want to go back. I want to talk a little more about that in a moment. But I want to go back. Uh, I want to go back to 2020, summer of 2020, when high school football practice began. Um, at that point, it was not at all clear that a high school football season could be completed in the era of the COVID pandemic. But now you look back on that season, even though uh, some games of the state did have to be called off a few locally because of COVID, uh, they had the state tournament. It was held all the way straight through. Uh, Champions were crowned in all the different uh, divisions. Was that not a major victory for sports, high school sports in Indiana and the IHSAA? I think I think it definitely was because everything was just so uncertain. We went into July and then into August, and you know when we started having games canceled. Like I remember there was one with Ben Sheridan. Um, I forget. I think it was Clinton Central that came back canceled. I think the week before, and so there was like this big mass scramble for Sheridan to replace the opponent. Like I remember that this happened on a Sunday, and you know we had the weekly all done where you go to press, and I had but you know, Sheridan will play Clinton Central in this next game. Well, then they canceled the game. I had to call Isaac, our layout person, say, we had changed that. And then a couple hours later, Sheridan managed to find another opponent. So I called Isaac, oh, guess what? We had to change that again. And that's just that's just kind of, you know, the way it was, is that everything just changed so fast. And I think there probably was that fear, you know, when we started having tournament games get canceled the fall, you know, we started to have that fear of, oh, are we going to be able to get the season done? But, you know, thankfully we were. And, you know, every single you know state cha- state championship, every single sport has been able to be played through the fall and the winter. Which, you know, obviously things are getting better with the numbers now. Although I am a little concerned that Allen County is back under a yellow advisory as today. So, you know, we got to start you know being careful. Careful, but you know, I think with the fact that the trend line is getting better, then maybe we should be able to get spring sports. And I was trying to think about the two last last night when I was at a softball game. You know, it's like one year ago today. We were all kind of in this big. You know, confused world of uh, what are we doing? Like, we, are we going to have street sports? Are we going to have anything? So it's just kind of this big difference of what a what a year has made. And you know, I think we're hopefully we're on the other side of that. As I remember last year, all the confusion, all the worry, and just you know, it's just definitely something that we want to get. We, we want to be past, be past. You know, I think the uh, the issue and you brought that up uh, about what will happen next. Uh, the variants are very scary to the people who are experts in this, and I'm no expert, so I listen to them, and they say these new variants are scary, and really that that's why uh, health officials are encouraging people to get vaccinated, and now that it's, it's 16 and up, that does have an impact on varsity sports, certainly, that uh, these athletes will be eligible to schedule a shot. Oh, yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I do want to say I am getting my first shot next Wednesday at St. Vincent's. You know, I had to I was in the <laughs> I was in the forty to forty four age group and tried to get on the first day and everything was already backed up for like a month or so. So I waited a couple of days, just trying to look around again, anything that was nearby, Hamlin County on the north side of Indianapolis and found St. Vincent had an opening on the fourteenth and like, well, this this might be it. So this might be the only chance I get to get it done in a quick manner. So 
You know, I think that's. Yeah, it's true. My 90 year old mother had two shots and had no impact. But I know people who are younger than her who you know had some side effects for a day or two. So just may not want to plan much (laughs) a day or two (laughs) after that. I've got my second shot coming up. I had some mild symptoms for a day. It wasn't having had COVID myself. It was nothing. (laughs) It was nothing like having COVID. So the, the in my view. The shot is worth it. One other point on, on, on this sort of area here, covering the school board, I do remember our local um, superintendent of schools, Alan Bohr for HSE, told the school board at one point, I think it was during the fall, that most sports teams, both high schools and even some teams at a lower level of grade levels, were dealing with COVID and there were uh, people who were... Who were uh, who were basically told to stay home for uh, uh, 15 days in those uh, that particular period. So, you know, he wasn't specific. And I know there was a, an outbreak uh, for one of our high school football teams, uh, one big one, and there were some smaller ones. So I'm just curious, you've got your ear to the ground on all of Hamilton County. Was this something going on, particularly last fall, with uh, schools throughout the county, or, or were we fairly lucky in that regard? No, I think I think considering how bad everything was in the fall and the winter, I think we were pretty typical. I mean, I, probably probably there were some times that had it better, sometimes had it worse. But I know that you know we had several teams that had to stop their season for for two weeks because somebody tested positive, and they had to do the facing contact tracing and, and all that. And and I do want to say that if we if we had um, a team that wasn't playing, our policy at first was just not to put that in, just because we weren't sure what would violate HIPAA laws and what would not. I would usually, I would usually a coach would say something afterwards once they once they came back. But I know that you know you had several teams, you had several basketball teams, several volleyball in the, in the winter, several volleyball teams in the fall. The, the football teams, I'm sure. Did, but I don't think I remember any. But I think there was like maybe one. I think it was maybe Southeastern that had one game canceled. I forget. Right. It's been. Think well, so, yeah. yeah, you know it's funny though is that I was going back through some of the old basketball games last last night or this morning to put together all the county teams, and I was looking through like January 29th or something, and that seems like years ago now, even though it was only two months ago, considering like where we were in terms of dealing with COVID and everything. So I, but to get back to your original point. You know, we had some cancellations. We had some teams have you know have to suspend their season for two weeks, but I don't think we had it particularly worse, or for that matter, particularly better than any other any other schools, any other counties in the state. You know, um, I love going to high school games. I don't work; I just go to be there. You know, you're covering the game. You're working while you're there. I'm just most of the I might for an uh, HSC Fishers high school game. I might write a story kind of as a sidebar, but I'm not covering the game itself. Uh, so I love going to the games, but you know I haven't been to a game for a long time because I love going to basketball and football games at the varsity level. Uh, but you know, we've only had in, in the past football and basketball seasons a limited number of people that could be at these games. Um, I'm just curious uh, how it was for you because you were covering these games. You're there, yet. How, is it, how does it feel to go to a basketball game where the fans are yelling and screaming, you got the student sections and all this, and it's gone. There's just a tiny number of people in the crowd. What's the atmosphere like? How was that different for you covering the game? It just makes me think back to the Mudstock boys basketball game in December when, if I remember correctly, 
I, I could just like, you know, scoop right in and find a practice spot, just get right in. That was that. And I remember thinking, man, this is just so unusual that I can, you know, get to the game. There's not thousands of people here. The same for football. I think for, for the Mets football game, you know, Carmel football games, just, you know, just right up the street from me, they can easily get, you know, four or 5,000 fans for like a regular, like right, a regular. Game. And I could just go in, find a parking spot, no problem. And, you know, it, it was weird. And you do kind of miss that from higher when you, you dismiss that because that's part of the fun of high school sports is you see the kids come out, you see them, you know, do the chance with each other. You know, they, they, they dress up in the goofy costumes. They have, you know, they're cheering, they're, you know, clapping. You have all the adult fans there too, the little kids, just every, just everybody's there. And it's just such a big atmosphere. And when, when you go to matches nowadays and there's a limited number of people, even some games where I think it was like parents only, and you just realize there's, there's just so much missed because you just don't have the fans. The, the fans are a big part of high school sporting events, and to not have that just made it very, very strange. So it did feel different for you as somebody covering the game. I wonder how the teams and the coaches reacted, because they're used to having, even if you're on the road, you're used to the fans being on you. If you're at home, they're behind you. I wonder, do you think, I mean, just from your observation, you've covered sports for a long time, do you think it had any impact on the teams at all? I'm sure it did, but I don't think that, I, I think at that point they were just happy to play. So I don't think that it affected them at all. I'm sure they would love to have it, but, you know, you're talking about athletes here and you, you get such a limited time to play high school sports that I think they were just happy to just come out there and play. So I don't think, I don't think it affected them as much as, as, as strange as it was to not have fans there. I think the athletes are just happy to be able to go out and play. Yeah, I think I can't disagree with you there. I'm sure they were happy just to be on the court, on the field playing. One thing that I did see, and this happened in uh, HSC schools, both high schools and, and a lot of places around the state, the sports departments began charging a fee for the, the live streaming online for, for the varsity games, at least. So I was curious. So I asked the uh, PR people at the HSC schools, uh, do you know how much the, or just how well are, are the sports departments doing? Are they are they gaining much? I'm sure it's not as much as when people were there live. And I was just curious, what, what's been the response? How many people watching? How's the income? Never did get a response, which sort of indicates to me it was well, obviously well short of what a, a gate would be, you know, in person. So I wonder um, if the live streaming fee is here to stay or if it will go once fans can come in in unlimited numbers. I'm curious, have you heard anything? If not, what what do you think about all that? I haven't really heard much about that. Um, I guess in terms of hmm, that's a good question. I you know, I know why they I know why they did it. It was it's I'll be, I'll be honest, I wasn't totally for the idea of paying for live streaming at first. I kept thinking, well, what if you have, you know, grandma and grandpa on a fixed income, you know, being able to all these live streams but at the same time though yes the school still lose a lot of money by not having you know regular a regular gate and of course the concessions and all the other things so you know they got to make up the money somehow so i in terms of it being here to stay i i guess you'd have to wait and see what happens once we do get fans back in the stands and once they do start getting that money again the tickets the concessions and all that so I, I'm, I think it might be too early to say if it's here to stay or not. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see once things hopefully get back to normal. 
For at least a time, everybody was under virtual classes only. That's kind of gone back and forth a little bit with the pandemic. And, you know, I think most school systems are trying to get students back into classrooms as best they can under the circumstances. But in talking to coaches, and this would go not just for varsity sports, but for really any 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 level of, of what you see in sports, do you uh, – have the coaches talked about whether the the virtual classes hindered practice, made it more difficult to get practices? And what what were you hearing along those lines? Yeah, you know, I never really, honestly, I never really asked that, and I don't know if anybody really volunteered that. I I know, of course, they were doing all the Zoom workouts, you know, during the spring and the summer when that was going on. Um, hmm. I'm not really sure how to answer that because, to be honest, I haven't really noticed any difference. So in they, terms they, of, they didn't talk to you about it as well. <laughs> so if it was no, a problem, you, didn't hear, you just didn't hear about it. Okay, well, that's fair enough. If, uh, I'm, I'm sure that's not a subject most coaches want to talk about. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I guess I, I don't think the quality of game suffered at all during the during the fall and the winter. So, I mean, maybe things were a little bit different, but you know, everybody seemed to still be playing at a pretty high level. And in fact, actually, you know, in, in basketball, for Hamilton County, None of the boys' teams, none of the girls' teams kind of lose the season. You know, you had like maybe one or two teams that finished it right at 500, but everybody else did with the season. So, you know, and I don't think there was any suffering of quality when it comes to if, if, if that affected it at all. I guess we just, I mean, maybe it didn't. I know that uh, whenever you cover a game in person, you make an effort to talk to both coaches. You know, sometimes a losing coach doesn't want to talk. You can kind of understand that. But there are times they do. So you try to get there in person and speak to each of the coaches before you write your story. Uh, with the pandemic, have the coaches been willing to talk to you, maybe with distance and masks and that kind of thing? And um, Or was it done remotely? How was, how were those uh, contacts worked with you? Um, whenever I went to a game, I would always be able to talk to a coach in person. Of course, we would have masks on and there would be some coaches who would do distancing, but we were still able to talk in person. Um, for football season, I made more of an effort to call coaches because usually during football season, I'm kind of running around to like two, like one or two or three different schools. I couldn't do that as much this year, but I made an effort to call coaches on the phone and, you know, and they'll talk to you if you call them. Um, but the only thing that was different was when we did the, for the boys basketball state championship, we had to talk to the coach and a couple of players come towards by Zoom, which, which is, of course, is the reason why I got Zoom. Thank you again for helping me to. <laughs> well, we did the, just so people know, uh, Richie knew I used Zoom, so he gave me a, a call and we did a little test run. And he and I'm glad I made you feel comfortable with it. So it worked out well for you and the rest of the media talking to the coaches on Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it did. It was. It was. I mean, it was different. I'm not gonna lie. It was definitely a little bit unusual, but. You know, we all got what we what we needed. You know, the reporters got the quotes they needed. The you know, the coaches and the players got a chance to, you know, have their say and say what they want to say. And it was only weird. The only weird thing for me was that I was wearing a mask and then I was kind of having a type as they go along. So I was kind of doing this, you know, just looking at my <laughs> computer back and forth, computer of the screen. So it's so that may look awkward, but that's that's how I had to. It's a different world. It's a different world, Richie. We have to deal with it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are things I had to do that this past year that I never thought I would do. But at the same time, you just you just kind of have to adapt. I mean, the journalists have to just be able to adapt to you know, not just new technologies, but new situations. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, what do you do? Um, that kind of leads into my next question. When, when the high school basketball tournament 
had to be stopped in 2020 due to COVID. I mean, that robbed the IHSAA of a major revenue stream that was taken away from them. And I know that uh, now that the football and basketball tourneys have been held this school year, I know that must be a, a big help. So from what you're hearing and uh, what you know from just talking to people uh, here and there, is the IHSAA, you think, back on its feet uh, financially based on what you're hearing? Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, that's something that doesn't usually doesn't usually come up. I mean, I would hope so. I again, I haven't seen. I guess I haven't seen any indication that it isn't that kind of steep. I mean, you know, I haven't seen anything unusual. The only unusual thing I saw was when they had to, you know, push back the state championship game a week, but that was just to the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I I would have to think. I would have to think they're okay. Well, they haven't had mass. There have been no mass layoffs or anything, so you assume that they're getting by. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have a better answer for well, that. That's okay. I thought maybe if you talk to coaches and some of the principals, uh, you know, are active with the IHSAA. Um, kind of along that same line, you know, it really should be noted. I thought about this the other day that high school sports continued to be played through economic depressions, world wars. But the, it took a pandemic to shut it down last year. Um, mm-hmm. I know that was tough for you and a lot. I mean, I looked at the Indianapolis Star. They were suffering. I mean, every media, ESPN was dying trying to find material. You went to a lot of feature stories, and you wrote some really good ones uh, during that time. Uh, were you ever worried before the sports started up again that you might run out of stories to write? Oh yeah, I was. That's I was out when I was doing all the feature stories. I had to think a week ahead, so there, I mean, there wasn't really a chance of well, I don't have anything to do today, so I guess I'll just do nothing. You know, I always had to think a week ahead. Like for example, today is Wednesday. I was trying to make sure I had next the story ready for next Wednesday's edition. So it was always like five days out. I mean, there were times when I was like three or four days out, and I started to go in a little bit of panic, like I don't know, I'm gonna for the rest of this week or something like that. I, I did just say that people were very, very helpful when it came to feature stories, and they were very receptive and very, you know, able to talk to me. And there were some a lot of there were a lot of fun stories I did, and a lot of stories that you know, sports that you know, non IHSAA sports and other things, you know, college athletes that I remember that I was able to talk to again. So everybody there was very, very helpful by uh, getting feature stories going, helping to keep our player our players our paper afloat. So I just want to say thank you for all them for helping us. us Yeah. And that's uh, leads me to this question. I, I I want to ask because I remember speaking with your boss, the publisher, Jeff Jellison at the Hamilton County reporter. And that was just as the, the pandemic was beginning to hit and he was worried. And with good reason, lots of people were uh, just because of the fact that uh, he wasn't sure that he would be able to keep enough advertisers going to keep going enough, uh, uh, people who are subscribing to the paper, yet your advertisers, by and large, have stuck with the newspaper, and the circulation really hasn't been hurt. So that must make you feel good uh, with all the material you provide for the paper every day. <clears throat> yes, it does. And you know, I gotta say again, thanks to the advertisers. And I think that's I think that's the benefit of having a locally owned paper is that you're able to, you know, Jeff is able to talk to the advertisers directly. And since these are all local companies, you know, they're willing to help out. And they, since they know that we are locally owned, locally operated, you know, they're more than willing to help out. 
stuff. You know, we, we have the best advertisers, we have very loyal advertisers. A lot of them have been with us for several years. I think maybe a couple have been with us since the paper started back in 2015. So I'm mean, gonna say a big thank you to them. And yeah, I, I think that's just where we have the benefit we have benefit of local ownership and when you're in the community and talking with them all the time. I remember a few days after the pandemic started, I did this column saying Basically, well, I don't have anything to write about now. So, if there's any feature stories, feature story ideas that any of our readers have, you know, here's my email. Send me an email. I got like four or five responses right away, and then I got other responses too. You know, as the weeks went on. So, yeah, that's 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 where local that's where local engagement helps. You know, when you're able to get with the community, get in the community, talk with them. That that's that's what makes the difference. Well, it's uh, spring sports. They are here now. Um, They're going, and we don't know of any pandemic issues yet. But just here in Hamilton County, what teams are you, what sports particularly are you think will be interesting and and talk about to who you're keeping an eye on this spring season? Well, of course, we got softball and baseball. Um, I want to give a mention to Darren Catholic softball. They are 4 0. They've done two of those games, and they're perfect games. They have Two very good pitchers and Izzy Camp and Alicia Alicia Flores. So you know they're a team to watch. You know baseball. I, from what I've seen the latest ranking, the Science schools ranked number three, so they'll be a tough opponent for our Hamilton County schools. But you know, Westfield is ranked number one right now, and they're going to be playing in the Cocoa Classic this weekend, which has a lot of other ranked teams. Noblesville's hosting another big baseball tournament. You know Fishers and stuff. Fishers is playing Science School tonight, so there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of big baseball games going on track and field. I'm interested to seeing, you know, there's there were a lot of athletes who probably could have had another season last year. It got you know got canceled, so a lot of them are going to make. A lot of them are going to come back and see what they can do for this year. I haven't gotten into the golf and tennis yet. Those don't really start more until spring break. Um, so we'll see what they have. Carmel's the defending state champion for girls tennis, so you know, we'll see if they can do it again. Um, in golf, Carmel boys ranked number one. Darren Catholics two. Westfield and Southeastern and Noblesville up there, so we'll see what they can do. And we are, and I am making work up to get to lacrosse and boys volleyball this spring. So if you've seen any more of those games, you know, Carmel boys have a great team. Noblesville girls have a great lacrosse team. They're in Catholic girls doing well. So if we can stay healthy, we can keep working to get the pandemic to finally curve a little bit, finally start to fade away. Then it'll be a very busy spring sports season, and it'll be a very exciting one too. Well, we're about ready to wrap up. Anything you'd like to add before we uh, before we end all this? Um, just that we're just I'm pretty happy that we're able to get back to hopefully some normal. I don't know if we'll be completely normal for a while yet. Uh, I think there was one coach last athletic director last night that told me that we'll still probably be, probably be wearing masks for a year for maybe another year or so. So, but yeah, you know, I, I I like the fact that we're going in the right direction. So I just hope that we're able to maintain that. Yeah, if I can go see an HSE Fishers uh, Mudstock football game again, I'll be very happy. In, per- in person, by the way. <laughs> Richie, yeah. it's always a pleasure talking to you. Good luck to you, and thanks so much for uh, joining me today. Hey, thanks, Larry. Thanks for having me.